on today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. We have a lot of news this week. Um, the PWI 500 came out this week. Um, a lot of people are upset about the top 10. Uh, I think we're both a little bit upset about the top 10. Just some people that we thought should be in there, but I, I'm not particularly so upset that I'm going to like talk about it on the internet because honestly, I don't really care. Uh, NXT news, Young Bucks news, Velveteen Dream EC3 news, Mindy's Bakery news. What? Not really news for Mindy's Bakery, but um, just a funny little thing about that. Retro beer ratings this week. Uh, they are back. We are talking No Mercy 1999 from the United States, not to be confused with the United Kingdom version of No Mercy from 1999, uh, because I made that mistake once upon a time, and I had to watch one match on this pay-per-view twice, um, and I hate myself for it. And then weekly recap, um, SmackDown, <clears throat> them and Raw, they had a some decent shows. I thought NXT and Dynamite were probably the two better shows this week. I don't know. It was it was a decent week of wrestling. Uh, pretty much all of my wrestling has been jumbled up into the last few days, so I honestly don't remember who had better shows. I just know I really enjoyed wrestling this week. It was a good time. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DDT WrestlePod. Joe, are you ready to go? Yep. Oh, let's go. Welcome into episode 74 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan. I'm joined by Joe. And Joe, this week we had the PWI 500 list come out. Uh, I'll just run. Let me, let me run down the top 10 because that's what everyone's upset about. I also have, I think, yeah, I have the top 30 also just in front of me here. But top 10. All right, Roman Roman Reigns number one, obvious choice. Okada two, Punk three, whoa, Page four, Lashley five, Cody six, Danielson seven, uh, Triple A's Iho Del Ving. I'm not even gonna try Vikingo eight, Biggie nine, Gresham ten. Thoughts? Um, well, Punk was injured for. At least two months. But he won a major championship. Twice for five days. Tw twice for five days um, total. Yep. I wouldn't have him at number three. Uh, Adam Page, obviously. Adam Page obviously had a, a more meaningful title reign, despite the fact that people weren't crazy about him. John Moxley, reigning in at number 12, had a more meaningful story 
an impact to wrestling this year and better matches. Maybe, but here's my here's my thing on uh on what is it uh PWI 500 list. Maybe if you do GCW matches, you automatically can't or get the get in the top ten. Because oh. Matt Cardona, who was a title collector, is right after John Moxley at thirteen. That's true. Matt Cardona pretty high. He did have a hell of a year at thirteen. Yeah. So Moxley at twelve, and um, honestly, like we let's be fair. Like we don't watch anything other than WWE and AEW. Uh, I watched New Japan uh, on January fourth. That's pretty much scarcely, it. very scarcely. Yeah. Um. So, in my opinion, like. Moxley and Rollins, I thought, uh, had a fair stake at the top 10. I think Moxley more so than Rollins, but, um, having the top 30 in front of me, I think the funniest thing to me, and that's mostly just because like, I don't think he's that great of a wrestler right now versus the person that's directly behind him. Uh, but I think most of this before I get into this has to deal with like how long you've held a title in the year, like a major title which obviously so, is why Roman is number one and like Lashley so high as well. Not to say Lashley doesn't deserve top 10 and all that, but, but, I mean, but most- Lashley's pretty much held the, held the United States title this year. He, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, like you hold a title for the majority of the year, you're probably going to be in the top 10. Didn't he only win in that SummerSlam or right before SummerSlam? Yeah, but I don't know what the like the date range is here, but also it's, like beginning beginning July first to June thirtieth. He also held the WWE championship earlier this year. Okay. It, it, yeah, I I I just said that out loud and then I realized that he was the WWE champ until Brock well until, until he Big got e hurt. took it away from him. No, until Bob, Big E took it away from him. Well Bobby and got then, hurt. No, that's the, not how the it elimination went. chamber match, yes. Yeah, that was after the fact. It was yeah. it was Biggie, and then it was uh so so it was Bobby, Biggie, Brock, Bobby again, and then Brock again. I think that's correct. There's really yeah. no way of knowing. Um, but um, getting getting to it, the the thought the thing I thought was the most funny in the top thirty was Braun Breaker twenty six, Will Osprey twenty seven. But yeah. I, it almost it almost certainly has to deal with like how long you've held a title. Breakers had the NXT Championship pretty much all year. So uh, so here's what I'll. Sorry, go ahead. You were you weren't. I done. was just saying other than a little bit, but yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm just gonna read off a couple names and then I'm gonna read you 101. Um, Daniel Garcia, Ricky Starks, Ricochet, uh, Finn Balor and Champa. Keith Lee, Christian Cage, Kofi Kingston, Riddle. I'm going down the list. Theory, well, theory is fair. Kyle O'Reilly is 100, and then 101 is Dax Harwood. That's just crazy. I like this list has no respect for tag team wrestlers. It seems. Yeah, I mean, and, it's also just like it, I mean, every list is an opinion based thing. So, so, so let me say that Dax Harwood 101. What number do you think Cash Wheeler's at? Probably not 102. I would say 103. He's not, he's not on the list. <laughs> oh, it's Cash. <laughs> <laughs> FTR, who had one of the best 
years in tag team wrestling. Probably the best year in tag team wrestling is that's not actually, on the list. <laughs> at 101 hilarious. and then accidentally taken off the list. Um, the editor said that they were going to put him around 141. And I think it's fair that Dax is higher than than Cash. Dax usually has the singles matches. Yeah, so um, so Dax Dax had a great year singles match wise, and obviously FTR in general. But I'd say that the the fact that they're that Kyle O'Reilly had a better year than Dax Harwood, seriously, kind of crazy. Um, that's why I, I wonder. Kyle that's O'Reilly. why I wonder what the the date range is. It, it, it's uh, July first to June thirtieth. So. Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, like my biggest complaints, uh, the the breaker and Osprey thing, it's whatever. But if, if I have to be like critical of it, the breaker and Osprey thing, uh, Mox and Rollins should be higher and Punk should be lower. Okay, I'm not done yet. Oh, wow! I'm not done with with my upset. <clears throat> Joe's big go ahead. Bad. Go ahead and say where the street profits should be not not necessarily um i have no idea where people should be because okay of- i'm i'm not, i'm going huge range 0 to 100 100 to 200 200 300 300 400 400 to i would anticipate the street profits are probably in the uh well they didn't win any titles and just based off of what we said so far it's a lot of based off of title wins and they lose a bunch of those matches so I would anticipate they probably put them somewhere in the 200 to 300 range. But if they had won titles this year, um, I'd say in the 100 to 200 range. Angelo Dawkins is 478. Okay. I, I don't know where. I, I can look real quick, but I don't know where. Uh, I, I, I looked at the top of the list and the bottom of the list. Um, I'm sure Montez and- Ford is above that. Just because he yeah, also Montez normally Ford. has the singles matches. Yeah, I mean, but they had that whole feud with the Usos where they were going singles and singles and singles and stuff like that. That's true, and that's so. where we saw a lot of the improvement in Angelo Dawkins. And Dawkins. He's, he's been yeah, incredible. Because Ford is like the obvious breakout star, but like Angelo Dawkins is it has delivered through through that entire feud when he had the singles matches and through the tag matches. Yeah, I think exactly. we said... Uso's Uso Street Profits was like the best match on the card. Uh, what was before Money in the Bank? It might have been Money in the WrestleMania Bank. WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah, maybe it'd, I think that's what it be, was. It'd be one of those two shows. Yeah. yeah oh no, so, WrestleMania Backlash was the the six man tag. All right, so it was McIntyre and a team, probably the Street Profits versus the Bloodline. So probably Money in the Bank. Yeah. Yeah, so I I just think it's a little ridiculous, like the names that you see in front of people like that, like Ridge Holland, is at two ninety one. Gross, should not be in the five hundred. He almost he might have ended someone's career, and he's made the top five hundred. Sonny Kiss had one match on TV this year at two seventy six. That's not Sonny Kiss's fault. Yeah, that's not uh, Sonny Kiss's fault either, but still. That's AEW I think that, bias. Like, yeah, I, I just think like you got to have more respect for the tag team division, and like so WWE is really bad about that, but apparently PWI is really bad about that too. Yeah. What else, are and you upset about? Anything else? I'm done talking about PWI 500. 
Now okay. I want to talk about penises. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we could talk about Velveteen Dreams Instagram Live, Joe. Go go off on penises. Actually, I'm gonna do this first. No. So so Velveteen Dream just had a uh, had a response video that I didn't see until Dylan sent it to me, and his response video was basically saying, "Hey, there were four of us there. Uh, there was you." somebody who's on raw right now someone who was in nxt and is no longer there and there was me and i forgot my phone in the in the bathroom but we were all coked out of our minds and you were passed out on the floor so you like you accused me of that and i shot it down and they said there was nothing like that either and then uh basically yeah cocaine is a hell of a drug I don't I don't yeah. think he alluded to the fact that the other three, like him and the other two people, were on Coke. Just he was just saying EC3 was doing a bunch of it. No, he said there was a lot of white powder on the table. So I assumed it was all of them. Well, yeah. My favorite... You would have to assume that it was all of them, but he never blatantly said that the three of them did it, but he definitely alluded to that the EC3 does Coke a lot. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could I could see that. Um, I could definitely see EC3 doing a lot of steroids and cocaine. Um, my favorite line that made me laugh out loud uh, was he signed off his video by saying, control that narrative, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I, I think I think as far as like believability, um, uh, you know, every side has two stories and nothing is actually 100 percent the truth. So I would say um, what's true here, probably EC3 does cocaine regularly and two, uh, Velveteen Dream is a pervert. I think if I, I think we can come out of this scenario here, 100 percent knowing that those two things are factual information. Yeah, we don't we don't know that that he was recording penises, but he still was grooming young women. Oh yeah, that, that's another thing he said is uh, is like EC3 did, wasn't sure of his sexuality at the time because of a character that he played on TV, um, which I don't know what he means by character because you know. Yeah, that's him, right? Um, but we are now sure of his sexuality because he was grooming young young teenage girls. So. yeah fuck him but don't Definitely. actually fuck him no don't don't especially if you're if you're underage absolutely don't even look at him and cocaine is a hell of a drug <laughs> um uh last little bit here or no two other things um you want to go wwe or nxt here joe or sorry yeah, nxt mm. not wwe it's nxt or aew go aew then uh, let's go with the false news of the week here. Uh, the Young Bucks sending out feelers to WWE. Uh, this was reported and then said it was false. And then someone said it was true. And then someone else said it was false. All in like the span of like five days. Quite honestly, I don't really care whether or not it's true or false. Uh, I'd more just like to talk about like the state of AEW and its viewers if the elite were to actually leave they would be so fucked yeah um we're going down so like if if the elite were to leave AEW it would be like a carbon copy of uh 
of TNA in the early 2000s? I, I can't begin to tell you, like, I guarantee you, and I saw someone tweet this, and it got a lot of, a lot of interactions online, and I agree with it. There are a lot of people out there that watch AEW because of the elite. And if the elite leave, you're going to lose a lot of viewers because let's be honest, like there are a lot of wrestlers, but um, depending on what show you watch, there's just sometimes people show up on TV and you're just like, I don't give a fuck about this person because they have a shitty character, Natalia. And <laughs> the Young Bucks, Kenny, Hangman, like they drew us to AEW. And yes, the awesome wrestling brought us there as well with all of the other cast of characters and great wrestlers that they have. But for, in my opinion, like if the elite leave, I'm going to be struggling to find like matches with people involved in it that I truly care about on a regular basis, except especially when it's like a one-on-one -on -one match. And I like, I bet you they would struggle to find a one-on-one -on -one match that they could put together with two wrestlers that I legitimately truly care about like wanting to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you said it already, but a like AUW without the elite leaves you with a bunch of washed up WCW, maybe ECW, WWE um, producers and shit like that. And I don't, I think if the, if the elite leave that there's going to be a lot of people that follow. Um, oh, there definitely would be. Weird. We've already talked about how the, the like AEW morale in the locker room is what WWE's morale was last year. It's extremely low. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Not there's going to be good. a bunch of a bunch of people already that that don't resign when their contracts expire. And then you have people like hard hitting people like Malachi Black that are that have requested their release already. People that, that were on TV on a weekly basis, even. But I, I don't think that's that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Um, because, yeah, while there is believability in every story, there's two sides to every story. Like I just said about the EC3 and Velveteen thing. The AEW backstage rumors and all that stuff, like, nothing, like, legit and no real, like, legitimate details have come out about anything really other than the 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 media scrum thing obviously uh but yeah like why well, it, it's gonna have to continue to be like a wait and see like i i don't i don't i don't buy any of the the elite leaving stuff it's their fucking company i, I, I don't i mean see totally why left. they that's true that's very totally true. Left. but just because like the rest of them is like a group of people i i yeah, Cody left, but I, I just don't. I don't know. It's going to be tough for me to believe this that it's going to happen. I don't know. I, uh, I guess it's it's going to be a wait and see thing. If if Punk comes back, the plausibility <laughs> of the elite leaving, I think, is way higher. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. If Tony Khan makes the mistake of letting Punk come back to his company. I just don't I don't want to see CM Punk anymore. CM Punk's on that list of people that I don't care to ever see again. Yeah, I mean the polarizing character that he was 10 years ago. It just does not have the intrigue that it did. Yeah, no, it just he he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. 
but Joe, uh, he does allegedly uh, really like um, Mindy's Bakery. <laughs> I just want to. I just. Queen. I just want to read some of this. So, like, there, there's been a couple. Um, so, after the media scrum, obviously, CM Punk put over this play, this bakery in Chicago called Mindy's Bakery. And now a lot of trolls have been going online and leaving reviews of Mindy's Bakery. Uh, so, I took, a, I took a screenshot of my favorite one. Uh, it says, I'm hurt, I'm old, I'm tired, and I work with fucking children. But Mindy's Bakery brightens my day every day. It's so good. I threw a chair at one of my coworkers. Try this place. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, got, I got two favorites. Um, one says, Ace Steel comes here after failing to eat Kenny Omega for dinner. <laughs> and the other one is the one I read to you before. Uh, Could you read it for the the three listeners? What are the oh fuck? Remind me. Oh, it says I share a joint bank account with my mother, and we spend the majority of our earnings here on muffins and pastries. Gets us through the headache of working with children. <laughs> and then uh, I'll sing this one for you, but not not sing it wholeheartedly. It says, "Look in my eyes. What do you see?" Muffins from Mindy's Bakery. <laughs> I know you're hungry, hungry for sweets. Pastry's so good you can fight the elite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bravo! That was great. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I can't with this shit. The internet, the internet wins again. I love it. Um, all right. <laughs> this is a last, big long. This, this is a long intro um, of news before we get into the retro beer ratings. Last thing. Um, you Actually, we could do the NXT thing when, when we talk about NXT. The, uh, while we're on the topic of CM Punk, though. Oh, okay. You didn't watch Raw Live, did you? I watched 8 to 10 live. I, uh, so... Did you uh, were you watching in in depth enough that you were watching the commercials and waiting for Raw to come back on with the cult of personality commercials? Yeah, I was not. I heard cult of personality. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And There's I a came lot of back people to tweeting TV. about that too. <laughs> yeah. Um. Luckily, I was paying attention, and the commercial came on, and I was like, "The fuck is it?" Was an Aaron? Ro- I think it was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and he was on there. I was like, why is Aaron Rodgers on my TV and Colts personalities playing? And I was like, this is kind of, I was, I was like, this is kind of fucked that they're playing this song on Monday Night Raw. And I, I, I opened Twitter and I was like, yep, this is pretty fucked. Everyone's uh, tweeting about it. There's people that are like, like that were like what you were saying that were like half paying attention. <laughs> and they were like, I was making dinner. And then I heard Cult of Personality come on and I ran back in the living room and it's fucking Aaron Rodgers. This is bullshit. Well, if I know anything about football, which I don't, I'd say that Aaron Rodgers is the CM Punk of of football. Uh, Just whiny all the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say if you're a football fan and you didn't enjoy uh, watching Aaron Rodgers suffer in week one, 
then you're just a Packers fan. <laughs> Good one. I understand that. Nice, dude. Anyway, uh, let's, let's get I'm, into wrestling. Yeah, I was going to say, let's save the NXT news for when we get out of NXT because they did cover it at the end of the show. Let's get into No Mercy 1999 from the United States in Cleveland. Oh, excuse me. In Cleveland. Retro beer ratings. Signs, Joe. I have right. like nine or ten signs. I have a pretty good amount. What do you got? Uh, so I'll just start off with a simple one so we get them all out of the way. There were a bunch of pimp signs and there were a bunch of hoe train signs. Yeah, I, I've stopped uh, writing down signs I've seen before. Yeah. Okay, unless that's I fair. can't remember. Unless I can't remember if I've seen it. All right. What and then you got, you got something. Give me something juicy. I had one that said I got laid at the Smackdown Hotel at 3.16 a.m. No, it said in room 3.16. No, it said at 3.16 a.m. Oh. Maybe there were two. Maybe there were two because there was the one that was like <laughs> 10th row back maybe. I don't know. That's where I saw that one on the like the left side from the hard game. I saw it a bunch. Yeah. Um, I'll give you I'll give you one. Uh, I'll give you a real simple, simple sign here, Joe. Uh, anal sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's just a sign that said anal sex. Um, I'll do another one. Uh, it said, all right, so this one, uh, I don't know what these people are talking about, but I had to write it down because to me it didn't make sense, but that's because I'm a missionary guy. It said road dog, do me doggy 69 style. Hmm. I don't get it. Okay. Um, is that doggy possible? style? There's doggy style. Doggy, no, it's doggy 69 style. I'm trying to figure that out in my head. Which one? <sighs> Good one, dude. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I don't either. I, I just don't get it. Makes no sense. Uh, if there are any sex addicts out there that know what doggy 69 style is, um, just uh, go ahead and let Joe know. All right, thank you. <laughs> in in advance, um, I got one that just simply said Triple H has no game, and yep. then uh, this one had to have been talking about Jeff Jarrett because of the match that we're going to talk about later. It said, "Fetch my paper, Jeff. Do my laundry, Jeff. Clean my toilet, Jeff. Cook my meals, Jeff. Kiss my ass, Jeff." <laughs> I it saw that one. <laughs> I saw that one, but every time it popped up on my screen, I didn't want to pause to uh, to read it all. So I was actually kind of hoping that you got it, and I'm really glad that you just said that. It, it was it was it was in the first like opening scroll over the crowd. Yeah, um, that's when I saw it the first time. Uh, let's see. Um, I've got I'm a pale jabron jabroni. So shout out to all the pale jabronis, um, and. Let's see. Uh, Face Meyer loves pie. I got Face Meyer loves pie as well. So whoever Face Meyer is, they love All pie. Right, I'll give my. Yep. I uh, I got my. I'll give you my last two. There is one that said, "Make me a WWF referee," mm -hmm. and I thought that that person was probably pretty qualified to be a WWF referee. Unless, especially like in, in the it was last Aubrey match. Edwards. In the last match, he really had a chance to become a WWE referee. Yeah. Um, decent amount. And, decent amount of ref bumping. 
And then one that I saw in the Kane, the well, it was a the four corners match. Four corners elimination match. Just said funk you. Yeah, that one was out a lot. Uh last couple I got. Uh Triple H is part queer. And then another one said Chris King is gay. No idea who that is, but there we go. Um, I went to I went to elementary or middle school with a kid named Chris King. Maybe they were talking about him. Well, this was in Cleveland, Joe. Uh, yeah, I don't know where he was from originally. Mm. Uh, Good like point. keep in mind, keep in mind, he was probably 1999, five years old at the time. Yep, yep. That too. Also, <laughs> ooh, nice. Also, Chris King, probably a very. Uh, common name amongst the united states well i can only make my assumptions true based based on the information i know um and then i had i need a beer which i think we've done before but i couldn't remember and then i'm a sexy bitch that's the sign that is not me saying that because that would be false yeah you're just a bitch (laughs) all right um Starting starting the show, I don't know if you really took note on this, but did you notice the super weird techno music that was like playing in the background, just like between matches sometimes? No. It was super weird, super weird techno music going around. Um, but yeah, the first match, uh, a match I've been able to enjoy, and I say that not seriously, been able to enjoy this match twice now because I accidentally watched this first match uh, a few months ago when we were supposed to watch the UK version of this pay-per-view. Uh, Godfather versus Midian. Yeah. The only I watched this match on like where this yeah, I watched this match on like Saturday or Sunday. So I don't remember it that well because it was pretty immemorable. I just have but, yeah, I, go ahead on your quotes because my my note just says interference times three, <laughs> and and my other note says Tim White loves his hose. Yes. <laughs> um. So Jerry Lawler quotes. He said, "Look at how wide Viscera is." Very true. Uh, and then he also said, "Viscera needs to be wearing a license plate." <laughs> Uh, he also said the hose may not be able to escape Viscera's gravitational pull. And then JR said Vis- Viscera is blocking out the sun literally. <laughs> Figuratively, JR. <laughs> Grow up. Read a book. As he was attacking the Godfather. Uh, this match was fucking trash. It's the exact match that you would want to. St- it's, it's the banger that you'd want to start off a pay-per-view with. I mean, yeah, uh, you it know. was it was bad. But uh, I, I, that was my other note. I wrote right next to my my uh, score of the match. I wrote bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Godfather wins, and the women formerly known as Hoes dance with Tim White again. And I got a beer and a half. Ooh, I got a beer and a quarter. So, ooh, interesting. Go, we'll we'll go with yours. All right. Uh, let's see what we've got on the second match here. Ivory versus the Fabulous Moolah for the WWF Women's Championship. Uh, Fabulous Moolah, who was over 70 years old at this point. Why? So 
I did some research here. Until like 2019, that was the oldest person to ever hold a, a championship in a major company. Until somebody won the 24-7 championship? Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson beat I figured I figured it was 24-7. Yeah, it was. 2019 was also, I think, around the time when they tried. Was that not like around the time they tried to like do the fabulous moolah invitational or whatever the fuck? And then they were like, oh, wait, no, we need the ovary, like the ovary looking women's battle royal well, trophy. Well, yeah, there was just a bunch of backlash uh, from trying to do the fabulous moolah because fabulous moolah was a terrible person. person. Yeah was a terrible person she's dead now the world's better for it she could still be a bad person yeah that's true either way this yeah she was a terrible person this was bad this was bad this was very bad um it it was not it was not a good good match but uh but i think it was all right for quotes i only got one actually uh that made jerry law like Jerry Lawler at the end was cracking the fuck up because May Young would get like knocked up, not I must say knocked up, knocked off of the apron a couple. He should get knocked off the apron a couple times. And he was just losing his fucking mind. He was like, "Look, she wet her depends." <laughs> yeah, I, I got that. Um, side or uh, put a pin in the May Young getting knocked up thing for another couple years. Oh yeah. <laughs> probably um, not a couple of years it's probably happening soon yeah uh so i just said i, I just had a uh, general there were a bunch of quotes that said that where king was fat shaming an old lady yep where, where she was he was calling uh mula fat and the only quote i actually wrote down was when may young fell off the apron uh j or king king said give her mouth to mouth jr he kept on making references to how jr should uh uh would would be attracted to these older women yeah i mean it was pretty funny yeah um what wasn't funny though was the winner of the match which was the fucking fabulous moolah which kind of already alluded to oldest champion until pat patterson 2019 uh yeah she won the women's championship and I got one beer. Yeah, one I got one beer as singular well. Singular beer. Which brings us to our next match, which is the New Age Outlaws versus the Hollies, Crash Holly and Bob Holly, Hardcore Bob Holly. Um, which, again, I don't have a lot of notes for or any notes for. Uh, I don't really remember it a whole lot, but it did end in a disqualification, letting the Hollies win. I think it was a chair. I think the Hollies brought a chair in, and then the New Age Outlaws got caught using the chair. I don't. I don't really remember. Um, let me see what my thing says here. The Outlaws get disqualified because, oh, I remember what happened. So the Hollies they went to get a chair, and they wanted to hit uh, somebody with it in the match. Uh, the chair uh, like ends up getting thrown in the ring, but whoever threw it in the ring gets beat up on the outside. And then Billy Gunn hits a famouser on top of said chair, and that's how they get disqualified. Okay. So which I was, is I was super close. weird for later in the night, I will just say. 
Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for that, except that I got a beer and a half. Oh, no, a beer and three quarters. I also got a beer and three quarters. Um, yeah, it was a solid match until the end because, quite honestly, like, I and like I would say it was a solid match if things later in the night didn't also happen. Uh, that it, basically the same thing as doing a famous or on top of a chair and a disqualification was not rendered, but we'll talk about that later. All different refs. True. Maybe. I actually don't know. I didn't take note of that. Um, next <laughs> I, was, oh, go ahead. No, I only took note of one ref for the night. Hmm. Kyoto. Probably. And I might not have actually taken note of it. No, it was, uh, it's fine. All right. I'll, I'll look for it. Next match. Oh, China. I found it. China versus Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental Championship. Could this finally be the one, Joe? We had ourselves a good housekeeping match, a match in which anything, any household item could be used as a weapon, but nothing else. <laughs> uh, yeah, that became apparent later in the night. Uh, this ended up actually being a pretty enjoyable match to watch even though it's a third retro pay-per-view in a row that we've seen jeff jarrett versus china um it was it was basically an odq match or a street fight uh where, where you can just use a whole bunch of weapons on the other person uh the caveat to that weapon use is that it had to be a household item because we as we know jeff jarrett is a huge misogynist in in this storyline where yeah. he's you know, it's the whole uh, women can only do household chores at, a la the vacuum. Cooking, cleaning, and making babies. Cooking, cleaning, and making babies. That was actually it. Um, so this, it, it ended up the, uh, the, ult, the it, was it penultimate? Or is that the second to last? I don't know. The and last match. The second to last. Okay, then maybe penultimate. I don't know. The, uh, the match in the feud, anyway. Uh, that we just recently watched ended with uh, a match that they can only use things that in Jeff Jarrett's mind, a woman should use in the house as weapons. Correct. And this match went on for a pretty good amount of time before Jeff Jarrett eventually used the intercontinental championship as a weapon hitting China and the mat, uh, the ref counted it one, two, three. Match was over. Jeff Jarrett retains his championship, which I was very so upset he, about. Yeah, and he goes up the uh, up the ramp, very happy that he just won. And Vince McMahon meets him there, and he says, "Hey, dickhead." Um, that's paraphrasing. He says, "Hey, dickhead." The Intercontinental Championship belt is not a household item, and therefore, uh, it was not valid as a weapon in this match. I think so it was Shane, least... wasn't it? I thought it was Vince. I don't think it was Vince. Okay. Uh, well, there's no way I know one. Really isn't. Um, unless you want to watch this pay-per-view for a third time. No, but I would rewatch <laughs> this match again because it was entertaining as shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the match gets restarted, and then China finally pulls it off uh, and wins the Intercontinental Championship belt. So I would like to, before I get to quotes, uh, point out some of the things that were used as weapons during this match. So uh, my list can consists of a frying pan, a toilet seat, a trash can, obviously, salami, a banana, 
whipped cream, a fish, specifically a flounder, I think, um, flour, tongs, yep. pies, a kitchen sink, uh, a cake, <laughs> and a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> that that's uh that's how china eventually won the the championship is she hits shift Jarrett with a guitar yeah. which apparently is a household item yeah um some of the quotes i have to deal with some of those things so uh, this one not so much but there was a point where they tried to like put together like a roux of some sort and they were like they're trying to bake a cake um <laughs> yeah. and and uh king was like someone told me china used a can opener to open an egg <laughs> it's like okay dude um <laughs> And then there was uh, one point where they used, like, China had the two pies, and she hit Jeff Jarrett in the face with each of them, and you could tell JR was very upset when he said, they just wasted two good pies. <laughs> and then that's Jerry... The, and then, that's uh, the Oklahoma. And then, yeah, and then Jerry Lawler, when uh, China got slammed into a cake, uh, simply said, China's cakes went into the cake classic <laughs> um so if if that's anything that tony storm like should should take out of this is that she was not the first woman to be hit with a pie on on tv and this was actually on pay-per-view well um, no jeff Jarrett got hit with the pies and oh, they were okay. they looked like they had a bunch of well i said he, she he wasn't she wasn't the first person oh i thought you said woman sorry i'm sorry i'm also pretty sure there's plenty of other people and women that have been hit with pies before her yeah so maybe tony shouldn't have gotten so upset maybe chad shouldn't have gotten so upset maybe i don't know it, no, also, i'm just kidding I, you know, I mean like the, the internet kind of blew it up and made it a whole thing and it it wasn't a good was not a good look for wwe i don't know um so yeah, China is the new Intercontinental Champion. Love it. Uh, and this got three beers. Um, yeah, three beers. All right. Moving on to uh, The Rock versus the British Bulldog. And oh, thank God you said that because I wrote BD, BBD and I've been sitting here trying to figure out what BBD meant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, I think this might have been the one. I I don't. I honestly don't fucking remember. There's, so, I have a note that says, uh, Bulldog uses a chair early, and there was no disqualification. I honestly don't remember what the fuck happened. But uh, this match wasn't good. It's British Bulldog. I'm tired of British Bulldog. Uh, already, he's one of those people that I just don't give a fuck about in the retro pay-per-views and I don't enjoy watching his matches and the rock was in this match, which is yeah, crazy. It, it wasn't good. I, it was over quick. The rock won. I got a beer for it. I got a beer and a quarter. Okay. Um, and then great. Match. We got a surprise. I was not expecting this. We had the first ever tag team ladder match, Joe. Edge and Christian versus the new brood, a.k.a. the Hardy Boys. This was the fifth match in a best of five like series. Ends up being a ladder match. The winner gets $100,000, and uh, Terry Reynolds 
quote unquote services, managerial services. Uh, okay, that's that's better than what I wrote. I wrote for ownership of Terry Runnels question mark. Uh, that's basically what Jerry Lawler was hinting at. <laughs> no. uh, there was a backstage. There was a there was a batch uh, a heat segment that they showed before this match, where Terry Runnels was like checking out the ladders, and King was in the back interviewing her. And then he looks up her skirt because he's a he's a pervert while she's climbing the ladder. Classic Jerry. Um, I I really just thought like this match was fucking awesome. Like, yeah, I I met I messaged uh, Chad beyond the grave for this match. Let's say it sucks that he's missing out on no mercy because of this match. Yeah, it was incredible. And, um. My first note of this match says that JR has got to stop saying that people are jerking off something. He, did. he said He's, there was a couple said, times where they're like, so and so is jerked off the ladder. Yeah. He, well, he said, he said, uh, let's say Edge, sure. Uh, Edge is jerking him off the apron. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, jerking him off the ladder. <laughs> but he, he always leaves a pause when he says Edge is jerking him off. He's jerking him <laughs> off. The apron. <laughs> <laughs> so JR's got to stop that. He really does. I didn't write that one down, but I do remember hearing that. Um, he also said when Edge, because so the $100,000 was the thing they were chasing in this ladder match. And it was just in like a sack, like a, like a, like a, a pouch sort of thing. Um, and JR goes, Edge is trying to get to the top of the ladder and grab that sack. <laughs> Uh, there, there was a really, I mean, just in general, this match is a, a predecessor for TLC that we're going to see at SummerSlam this year. SummerSlam 2000. SummerSlam 2000. We're already past yeah. SummerSlam 99. Yeah. So SummerSlam 2000. Um, so that's a, this is basically a predecessor for it. There may be other matches like this, but Edge and Christian versus the Hardys in, in a ladder match for like, we're, we're getting there. Um, and it was just a, it was an incredible match. There was a uh, one spot that I wrote down specifically where, uh, they got Matt folded into the ladder and they just kept on hitting him. Like, like, like the ladder was, they, they, I remember they, they specifically chopped the, uh, the brackets so that it would go down and they just hit him and the crowd chanted to 10 as they hit him 10 times. Yeah. So almost, like three quarters of a beer right that's there. Where, that's where a lot of the drinks came from this match. I think there was like, I think there was exactly like 10 hits with it. Um, it was the, yeah, the, the crowd was counting with him. So really like, I don't remember the last ladder match we watched. I think it was probably the rock in triple H Honestly, I, I, I really can't that was remember. SummerSlam 98, wasn't it? 98. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I legit can't time, remember man. the last ladder match we watched, but oh no, it was Stone Cold versus uh, Vince and Shane. That was the last ladder match we watched, the handicap one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just the the overall like obvious innovation that's already happening here uh, and taking place with these two tag teams uh, and just what we're going to see in the future. It is just like building off of this. I think th this is the first one that had all of these innovative moves with the ladder, like 
using the ladder for all sorts of different things that at this point in WWE history, WWF history, you hadn't seen to this date. And just like, it's come such a long way. And these two tag tag teams are four of the six people to thank for that. Yeah. And, uh, of course we did get some, some classic ladder match spots where all four of them climbed two different sides of two ladders. Uh, and they just started brawling with each other. Uh, then there was like, they tipped out the, uh, the people on the ladder on the left-hand side tipped over the right-hand ladder. And I guess that was enough momentum for the other ladder to <laughs> yeah, fall over as well. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a kind of cool, like zoom out shot of the ring where both ladders were, were laying over. They also had like an <laughs> overhead camera, which was kind of crazy. Um, oh yeah. 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 The craziest spot I think was the catapult ladder spot where, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this one, Joe, where, uh, where Joey Mercury got like super fucked up off of a catapult spot where like someone jumps on one. It's like a seesaw spot, uh, where someone jumps on one end of the ladder and the other end goes flying upward Joey Mercury yeah. in like 2005 or six got like his face got fucked up from that. Cause he wasn't expecting yeah. it. Same thing happened here, except he, his face didn't get messed up uh, to Matt Hardy and Christian, which was yeah. crazy. Uh, it happened to both of them as Jeff jumped off the top rope. Yeah. Um, so the eventual outcome of this match is that Jeff climbs up the ladder and he receives that. He gets that sack. He does get the sack. He receives the sack of destiny. And now um, they own Terry Runnels. Yeah. Uh, and I got three beers for this. Yep. Three. Yeah. Three's good. All right. Uh, let's get into the next one. I think we got, yeah, three more. Mankind versus Val Venus. Uh, there was a funny backstage, like, Sunday Night Heat video here with Mankind basically trying to sell his uh, famous best-selling book, uh, Have a Nice Day. And thought he gave it to The Rock. Turns out The Rock was not in the bathroom taking a shit. It was Val Venus. Yeah, my note from this backstage segment was that Val Venus poops. <laughs> and he owns a pair of jeans. That's also true. He did. He did. He did. He, blah, blah, blah. he was there in jeans. Um, This was the one, Joe. Uh, let me see if I can find all of these. So uh, just my notes. Face into chair and then backdrop onto chair. No disqualification. Uh, another chair was brought into the ring after that. And Teddy, this was Teddy Long. Teddy Long grabs it. Um, and then it, the, the chair is still kind of used in some sort of way. No disqualification. Yet Billy Gunn hits a Famouser on top of a chair earlier in the night. Disqualification. It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Nice. Nice. Um, honestly, uh, Val Venus just sucks, and I don't care at this point. Uh, I never really cared that much, but when it first started, it was kind of funny, but then it made, was it was creepy, and it was, I guess it was always creepy, but now I just don't give a fuck anymore. It's, it, I'm out, I've grown out of it. I don't know. I just don't like Val Venus anymore. Well, he ended up being a huge piece of shit, didn't he? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't remember. I think I remember an episode where Chad got really upset about something Val Venus said recently. Mm. I, If I had a memory, I'd be able to help you. But 
I don't have a memory. Okay. Which is why we have to do all these retro pay-per-views because one, I didn't watch them. And two, the ones I did watch, I don't remember. So, but at least when we get to that point. That's our duty. Yeah. And it's our duty. Uh, Really, the only thing I had here was uh, a Jerry Lawler and JR quote slash conversation where uh, Jerry said, something's hanging out of mankind's pants. JR said, I just hope it's Sokka. (laughs) Also, we had the introduction, uh, at least in our pay-per-view eyes here, of Rocco the Sock. Yeah, I wrote Rocco who... And uh, that makes Val Venus's move with Rocco a testicular claw. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I guess Rocco the Socko does uh, the testicular claw as Socko the Sock does the mandible claw. I don't know. We'll have to reach out to uh, Adam Cole and see if, if Britt Baker does the testicular claw. Because she she her finisher is the mandible claw, one of her finishers. Pretty much, yeah. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to reach out and see if uh, if she also performs the testicular claw. Yeah. Um. There was a point though where mankind has the mandible claw in, and then somehow Valvinus got Rocco back, and he did the testicular claw, and they're just doing that to each other the whole time, and then they both pass out because I don't know some one person can't breathe and the other person. Uh, is passing out because their balls are being uh, squished. And Val Venus ends up falling on top and winning the match. Yeah. And I got a beer and a half. Yep. And then after the match ends, Mankind gets Rocco back and he still has Sako. And then he he tries, he like basically chases Val Venus away, trying to grab both his balls and uh, and his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Then let's see. Next match, second to last match, four corner elimination match. We had Bradshaw versus Farouk versus Kane versus X Pac. And so basically, Dude, it I, was I don't a- want to talk about how long it took me to realize that this wasn't a tag team match. <laughs> it was basically a tag team match, but it wasn't. It was uh, it was a fatal four way match, kind of where only two people were in the ring at the same time, but you could tag anyone in or out at any time. It was super weird. Uh, and it was elimination style. Yeah, I uh, I remember watching, like, when I watched this match, I was thinking, damn, there must be some heat between Kane and Xbox Bruin. Xbox Bruin. Dang. Because <laughs> they were, uh, like... Kane like forced X Pac to tag out at one point. Yeah. And I was like, damn, you know, he's uh he's being a uh, a bad tag team tag team partner. <laughs> um <laughs> there was also just like no logic in this match. Like the thing that I don't get, obviously, you know, it's wrestling. You gotta do what you gotta do, but why not just not tag in and just save your energy until you're one of the last two people and then and then win. That's fair. I don't get it. Um, X-Pac, he's the one. Yeah, he X-Pac wins the match. I think it goes in order of elimination. It goes JBL, Kane, and then Farouk. Um, yeah, X-Pac wins the match. 
it was a very quick ending. Like all the eliminations happened within like the last three minutes. Super weird. Uh, but yeah, a lot of tags, which helped us get a two and a quarter beer rating. Yeah, two and a quarter looks right to me. And then main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, or the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Earlier on, earlier that night on Sunday Night Heat, Vince McMahon ended up making this a no-holds-barred match, which Triple H was very upset about. Triple H, the current WWF champion at this time, um, Vince also starts out by uh, taking the sledgehammer away from, from Triple H, like before the match starts. And the fight basically starts on the ramp. They go in the crowd. Um, there was points in the match where like they were in the crowd and you couldn't even see them because the camera work was so poor. Uh, Austin uses somebody's crutch from the crowd. Um yeah, and then just all kinds of weapon use and stuff. I, I thought this was a pretty good match. Uh, obviously, the latter match was probably the best match on the card. It's probably definitely yeah. second, and then the China Jeff Jarrett match. Really, the only three matches I would ever go back and watch. Yeah, but we won't. But we're not going to because we just did. Yeah, exactly. Um, this was yeah, no real highest, This was the highest rated match on the card, though. Uh huh. I got. What did you get? I got. Four and a half with the with the aftermath stuff. You got four and a half, Joe. Yeah, is that low or high? Low, very low. <laughs> All right, maybe I didn't do a good job of watching it then. I got five point seven five. Okay, I didn't do a good job of watching it, <laughs> and that's fair. I uh, this was the this was like one of the only matches I went back and watched. Not went back and watched, but uh. Watch today, and um, I've been pretty busy, so I yeah, might not be paying absolute attention. Um, Mike Kyoto got ref bumped twice, and then like had to get carried away. It was kind of funny. Um, yeah, Earl Hebner is able to save the day. He comes out and refs the rest of the match. Uh, and Triple H gets in like a little shoving match with Earl Hebner, which is pretty funny. Uh, and The Rock is the one that actually sort of ends this match. So. Earlier in the night, like I think it was after the Rock Val Venus match, somewhere in that night, like Triple H came out and attacked the Rock with the sledgehammer. The Rock's pretty fucked up. And they talk about like the rest of the night, how the Rock is refusing medical attention or whatnot, uh, refusing to go to the hospital. So he comes out during this match with his, with his, uh, like midsection all taped up and stuff. And, I think he hits, yeah, he comes out with the sledgehammer, goes to hit Triple H with it. Triple H misses, or Triple H ducks. Rock hits Austin in the leg that Triple H had been working on during the match. And um, Triple H hits a pedigree on the Rock, and Triple H pins Austin and retains the title. Yep. It was a pretty good main event. Uh, there was some, like, aftermath stuff, like backstage uh, but yeah, like I said, I got 5.75 beers, not enough to get into the top 10, but this is number 17 overall. If you get 5.75 right now. Nice. Um, and WWF no mercy 1999 finishes with 21 total beers, Joe number 16 out of our 67 shows that we've rated. Yep. 
we've got to do something pretty special here in a few weeks when we get to number 69. Ooh. 69. We'll just take down every Jerry Lawler sexual quote. I, I legitimately think that Extreme Rules is going to be the 69th pay-per-view that we that we do beer ratings for. So nice. we'll have to think about well, what we're so going to do. So I guess we that. can't do that JR thing. No. No. It'll have to be – I almost said Pat McAfee, but he's not going to be there either. I don't know. But overall, very good, very good pay-per-view, I thought. Well, very good. It was it was good good enough to where there was three matches I'd go back and watch if I was forced to. Uh, yeah, which I guess will bring us into the weekly wrestling re- recap, which is very hard to say right now. You getting a little drunk there, bud? Mm, you're getting a little drunk there, bud. All right, SmackDown then. Uh, Corey Graves is the one that's filling in for, for Pat McAfee. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll go over some, uh, a couple quick notes. Uh, let's see. Imperium sort of got their music back. Uh, but it, they get like the opening part of their music back, which is kind of cool. Um, let's yeah, see. It was just good to see Imperium actually stand together in a match again. Yep. Hopefully, mean that means that Ludwig Kaiser will be more active in the ring too. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope they just you know keep doing like tag team stuff with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. I, I we can just go in order here. So like, uh, let's go with. Uh, I will save the bloodline stuff for the end. Um, Toxic Attraction Joe showed up on SmackDown this week. Sup? Yeah, they did. Uh, they challenged Raquel and Aaliyah for the. Uh, women's tag team championships and Corey Graves said the WWE women's tag team titles come with a great deal of prestige. That's not true. It's not true at all. That's impossible. Now they can work on that and actually make it, make that happen. But yeah, no, this is not true at all. Raquel and Aaliyah win. Uh, and as of Friday night, they were still the, women's tag team champions um why do you say it that way well there's other Just things that ha- there's other things that happened this week uh ronda rousey versus Liv morgan is set for extreme rules whatever bullshit That's yeah so stupid um braun Strowman was there he destroys otis and uh let's see i think the the biggest thing to talk about would be the uh the the bloodline stuff so the <clears throat> drew mcintyre uh he had a match with sola sokoa that night but um there was interference all around drew mcintyre carrying cross ends up choking him out to close the show but i think the big thing to talk about here like i said is the bloodline sola sokoa being introduced into the fold here roman wasn't there this week um and i kind of felt like this could be the end of the Sami Zayn era uh, in the bloodline. I really hope it's not. At first, I was really worried about it, but then there was a backstage segment like later, like halfway through the show, where it seemed like Sola Sokoa was accepting of Sami Zayn, uh, especially like I think Sami had saved Sola Sokoa from getting Claymore like earlier in the night or whatever when they made the Drew McIntyre versus Sola Sokoa main event. Um, yeah. So Sammy we'll took see, it instead. Yeah, we'll and see. We'll see where we're going with the the Sami Zayn and Bloodline story, but I kind of want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh well, sticking to SmackDown alone, 
because obviously the storyline continues. It is... I don't know. I, I can't talk about it without also talking about NXT. <laughs> Send it. Uh, so spoilers for Tuesday night, NXT, the one-year anniversary of 2.0. Solo Sokoa ends up having a match with, with Carmelo Hayes for the NXT North American Championship. And Solo Sokoa wins that match and takes the North American Championship, or it will be taking it, to SmackDown. Yeah, I mean... I think he's going to be on both shows. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think he'll more often be on SmackDown than NXT, and uh, it it'll. I don't know how long the title reign is going to be. It's kind of tough to say. But SmackDown has like the Bloodline has to stop taking other titles shows away, <laughs> or other shows titles away. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> there's one thing that I saw on the internet, Joe. Um, really, with this Bloodline storyline. We do have Survivor Series coming up here in a few months. <laughs> you're gonna have the you're gonna have the SmackDown tag team champs versus the Raw tag team champs and the I don't, Universal I don't think they're champ. gonna do I don't think they're gonna do that anymore. Well, they can't right now. Well, right now they can't with those two titles, but I really think they're gonna do the the four out of the bloodline. So Roman, the Usos, and Solo Sokoa versus um, Sammy, KO, and a tag team. Whoever the Usos are feuding with at the moment could be the Street Profits. You think Profits. Sammy's going to turn? I, because I think they're, they're, they're going to. I think they're going to turn on him because Sam, Sammy to put Sammy over more as a face. Yeah, because normally it's a it's a five man team in the well, past. Well, Joe, what if this match was not your traditional Survivor Series tag team match, but instead? We had war games on the main Ooh. roster. That'd be cool. A lot of people are clamoring for this. Um, I particularly would love to see this. I don't know the validity of... I mean, obviously, it's all hearsay, all rumors and stuff. Zero or news broken. Fan, fantasy, fantasy booking, whatnot. Like, I, I think out of anything that could happen at survivor series that would be like my number one i want to see that especially if they did war games the night before so we got three war games matches in a weekend yeah oh my god It'd be so good. sorry sorry liver <laughs> yeah that'd be that'd be pretty fucking good um you still want to see the classic five on five tag team or survivor series match though i don't know yeah um, they, they, they probably would end up doing like a, probably like a mid card or upper mid card, like raw team raw versus team SmackDown. I don't really know where they're going to go with survivor series this year, but in my opinion, survivor series, like those, those normal survivor, like those classic survivor series tag team elimination matches, those worked best when it wasn't brand versus brand or sorry, when it was Whoa. brand, when it was brand versus brand, but it was like a team leader. So it was uh team this person versus uh a team leader from the other brand and it was team this person yeah the the one time a year raw and smackdown go ahead like compete against each other yeah the, the one time a year <laughs> raw and smackdown competing head-to-head -head competition 
let's not forget they do not compete in head-to-head competition any other time in the year ever also uh, also except for when ron stroman uh beat otis this week yeah <laughs> um I don't really have anything else for SmackDown unless you do um, get on to Rampage. I have two notes for Rampage. I like really, it's just like what happened. Uh, I heard the main event was good, but like, really, I think all I watched honestly was the Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen match, which was pretty damn good. Uh, Sammy Guevara advances over Darby Allen uh, with, Significant help from Ty Conti and Anna Jay. Yeah. Uh, there was a spot where uh, I think – I can't remember who – I think it was Sammy that got slammed on the the skateboard that was turned over with wheels up, which was disgusting. Yeah, that didn't look fun. That did not look fun at all. I don't, I don't know if you had anything else for Rampage, but yeah, that match was pretty good. Um, no, there was a Claudio and Dax match. 101. Dax. Yeah, I honestly didn't even watch it. I'm sure it was great. Um, but I did not like Yeah, no, that, that's all that's all I really had. Just the the, the only it. match I think that was for the ROH title. It was. And Claudio Claudio retained. But yeah, the only real match is uh the Sammy Guevara. Well, all right. Uh let's move into Raw. Raw, let's see. My first note talks about the crowd literally chanting for a rematch i think this has to do with seth rollins and riddle uh they're chanting for a rematch which is kind of what we were all tired of a few months ago we're tired of all the fucking rematches do we really want more rematches no not really i, I don't think that really should be, like that this feud's been going on forever let's just leave it at that it does feel like it's been going on forever but i think they've only had one maybe two matches i don't know like, I would not be upset if I got another Rollins and Riddle match, but I think what we're really upset about was, like, rematches on the level of New Day and the Viking Raiders. Or Those, Street that, Profits and the Usos. No, I'm not upset about that. When it's good, I don't care. Okay. When it's good, so I, really, I really don't care. So you're a hypocrite. Sort of. But who cares? Um, uh, we can kind of wait to talk about the whole judgment day and sub Mysterio things and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we had the women's tag team titles on the line, Joe damage control. Your narrative wins the tag team championships over, uh, Aaliyah and Raquel. And I gotta be honest with you. When I was watching this live, I really thought, we were going to see Sasha and Naomi on Monday. Yeah. I legitimately thought we were. Yeah, especially after they've been they've been like present on the internet again. Uh, specifically they they did like the New York uh fashion week or whatever. That's nah, not the only thing they did this week. You're talking about the the stretching therapist or stretching <laughs> coach? I mean, that's what the internet was crazy over. All right, calm down, King. I, I I'm not saying me. <laughs> yeah, they didn't show up no. for, for the fans at home. They did not show up. 
And maybe they'll never show up. Maybe they will at the Royal Rumble. Jeez, you really think it'd be that long? I don't know. I I I'm gonna put Survivor Series is one of the big four. I'll I'm gonna put Survivor I'm gonna put Series. my nuts on the line right now. Sasha and Naomi are showing up on Raw this week. Okay, and if if you're wrong, you lose your nuts. In theory, because I've already kind of you're gonna lose your nuts inside of theory. No, his name's Austin Theory. This is like in oh, okay. theoretical terms, I would lose them, but in reality, I've already lost them because I'm married. Fair. <laughs> All right. Um, what else? Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano. <laughs> he did. Uh, Johnny Johnny Gargano hasn't missed a fucking beat. Uh, Johnny Gargano is incredible. He faced Chad Gable this week. There's really not much else to say. Um. We are going to get this Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory match here pretty soon. I would assume they're going to face off at Extreme Rules. That should be a very good match. For the Money in the Bank briefcase? Mm, no, it's not going to be for them. Definitely money. not. If if they have Austin Theory put the, uh, the, the Money in the Bank briefcase on the line against Johnny Gargano, then that just tells me that Triple H doesn't give a fuck about anything that Vince ever did. And is not well. They did Otis through. dirty that way. That's true, but like that, Vince was still in charge. But like, oh, we're I'm talking about things that happened this year uh, in the last few months of Vince being the CEO and all that stuff. And now Triple H is in charge of creative, and you can see he's already changing so much. And I mean. Would he really like just go that far to put a middle finger up to his father-in-law and just be like, this idea was so fucking stupid. I'm going to change it to Johnny Gargano, a person that just got here within the last month is actually going to win the money in the bank briefcase in a singles match. I don't think that's going to happen. I would love it too, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so either, but I don't want Austin to be a champ. But I also don't want to see the Money in the Bank briefcase fail, fail cash in again. I think Austin Theory would be an incredible heel champ. Really? Uh, okay. Like for a month? I don't know how long. Probably not that long. I don't like when he shows up on my TV right now. I don't mind. He's not one of the people that I just like completely stop paying attention to the TV when they show up on my screen. You got to be honest. Uh, okay. I enjoy hearing what he has to say because usually he's saying something to somebody that I thoroughly enjoy watching. Let's say a Kevin Owens. The the Kevin Owens promo this week, it felt like a real shoot. Like he was really shooting on Austin. Kevin Perry. Owens has been crushing it lately and I'm loving everything he's doing. The, the push that Kevin Owens is getting. And I mean that seriously, not as in like, I want him to get released. Uh, it, it's, I am very excited for the next year because Kevin Owens is just going to be pushed through the roof and I love it. I'm ready for him and I'm ready for him and like Seth Rollins to be back on top. Like I just want someone other than Roman to be on top. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. However, I will say, 
because of this incredible reign of Roman Reigns, it's going to be tough once he loses the title to just like keep him out of the title picture. I have a feeling once he does lose the title, he'll be gone for probably six months uh, just to kind of get out of all of our minds. And then he'll be back and he'll be right back in the title picture and probably win again. So we're really going to have to cherish those six months when he's gone. Cause I don't think they're moving him to like some main event, like number two feud, you know, where it's like the next yeah, two guys up that it's not for the title. I agree. Like he could get away with a couple of those, but he's already faced off against pretty much everybody and it's been for the title. And now you want me to buy into him versus the same people, but not for the title. Sure, I'll watch, but it's not going to be as good. So, All right. Um, only other thing. Uh, let's see. Oh, Bianca Belair had an open challenge. Sonya Deville answered the open challenge. Don't care. Yawn. And uh, I think the big thing to come out of Raw was like the Judgment Day versus Rey Mysterio and Edge feud. Um, Judgment Day also tried to recruit Riddle. Um, we had Sub Mysterio versus Edge in the main event. A lot of interference. Uh, Edge got beat down at the end. And really, like, the only thing I could think of coming out of Raw was we're moving towards possibly like a six man tag at Extreme Rules where it's Judgment Day versus edge ray and riddle but then i wonder where does that leave seth rollins who's still also kind of feuding with riddle kind of weird i don't really know so i think maybe this week's raw will kind of point us in that in whatever direction they're moving there rollins does have a match this week for the united states championship against bobby lashley so I don't know. Maybe something will come out of that. I'm honestly not sure where they're moving towards uh, or what what they're headed towards with Extreme Rules at this point. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. We'll. I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on. Two shows left. We got NXT and Dynamite still to talk about, and we'll close out uh, on Tuesday. We do that. Oh, breaking news. Nope beer crack that's breaking news <laughs> um on tuesday joe we had the one year anniversary of nxt 2.0 and we had ourselves uh, a reincarnation of taboo tuesday yeah i guess so i don't you remember taboo tuesday no i i was only pretending i did so do you remember cyber sunday that's uh that's after Black Friday when you get good deals online. No, that's Cyber Monday. So oh. um Taboo Tuesday was the original one, but they did a pay-per-view. I think it the first one they did was either in 2005 or 2006. It's called Taboo Tuesday. I think they only did one, maybe two. They did a Tuesday pay-per-view where every single match fans voted online for what they wanted. And then this eventually turned into Cyber Sunday. Uh, because pay-per-views aren't meant to happen on Tuesday. Mm. So we basically had a reincarnation of Taboo Tuesday because we had fan voting 
for certain matches and also who won biggest superstar of the year in NXT 2.0. Um, so the opening match was for the tag titles. It was the Creeds versus Pretty Deadly, and the fans got to choose. Uh, I actually don't remember what the options were, but the thing that won was a steel cage match. So we had a steel cage match open the show, Creeds versus Pretty Deadly, and this match was pretty fucking awesome. I thought um, unfortunate part about this was Damon Kemp screwing the Creeds over. He ended up handcuffing Julius to like the to the cage and Brutus yeah, top corner. Brutus was there to fend for himself, and he honestly fended for himself pretty well for about like ten minutes of the match. Honestly, it was pretty awesome. I honestly thought like the Creeds might be able to pull it off, but. In reality, I always knew it was going to be pretty deadly winning the match and retaining the titles because they just won the titles. Yep. Um, no, that's all I got. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> next thing we got Quincy Elliott's uh, debut. Yeah, which you- I thought like I thought he actually moved really well in the ring. Yeah. Um, and he was entertaining actually. I, I'm I'm a big fan of Quincy Elliott. Big he, fan of uh, Elliott. He, uh, well, the last time you said you were a big fan of somebody in NXT that we saw one match of, he he got injured and we haven't seen him since. So be careful. He was another big man. Another big man. R.I.P. No, Odyssey Jones is not dead. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm big. I mean, big fan of Quincy Elliott. I. I um he's he's got the character work going for him as well like yeah i think his character could be a lot of fun yeah i i think it, it, in the coming weeks and months like the, uh, i think over this next year right coming off the one year anniversary here of nxc 2.0 this next year um it's gonna be a big big year for quincy elliott i think i don't think he's probably probably he could win maybe a title, maybe the North American Championship, but um, I mean, we already talked about that. It's not barely on the brand anymore. I mean, we don't know, but it's probably going to not be on the brand anymore. Yeah, the NXT North American Championship is not on NXT. <laughs> God damn it, Bloodline. Not, not often, at least. When the Bloodline falls apart, like when they start losing titles, they're gonna lose all their titles. They're gonna lose them all at once. Yeah. Actually, what do you think about this, Joe? Okay, okay. Roman and the Usos all lose their titles all at once. And the only one left is Sola Sokoa holding the NXT North American championship. Or maybe let's say he's I don't know. Maybe somehow he's uh, won the Intercontinental or United States Championship up to that point because I feel like Roman and the Usos are going to hold the titles for a, quite a while longer. Um, and I don't think Sola Sokoa is going to hold the North American Championship that long. Or maybe he'll relinquish it because he's on the main roster. I have no idea. Let's say at the point, Roman and the Usos, I think I think they're both going to lose their titles on the same night. Sola Sokoa retains or is still whatever champion he is maybe that's uh their ticket to 
kind of break apart the bloodline and kick Roman out. Mm, and turn Roman face. Yeah, I think so. Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns 2.0. Well, maybe, well, I mean, maybe we get one-on-one matches. Like, maybe we get pay-per-view matches one-on-one with all three. Like, eventually. Triple threat? No, just like, we get Roman versus Sokoa. We get Roman versus Jay. We get Roman versus Jimmy. They could all be incredible. Yeah. That could be your non-title pay-per-view matches for Roman. Yeah. When he, when he does it, like... They beat him down so bad he goes out with quote unquote injury. He comes back after like six months uh, after his vacation, and he he comes back and feuds with the bloodline. The past year has been a vacation for him. Like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. But all right, who knows? Let's talk about this this guy, Hank Walker. Yeah, so this is the guy a couple weeks ago when I said, did you see the guy, the security guy that just called everyone pricks backstage? <laughs> well, he ended up having his first match um, against, I don't remember the dude's name, uh, but his, his character is basically, he's a security guard. He's not a wrestler. He doesn't even have entrance music or any gear. Goes out there and wins the match. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a big fan. I will say, I will say that the commentary team broke the fourth wall. How? I I I mean, I quite honestly wasn't really listening. But so, uh, what's his name? Vic Joseph. No, the other one. Uh, Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett Barrett, uh, is shitting on the fact that he's a security guard the entire time, like saying, "Oh, this guy's not even a wrestler. He's a he's a security guard." Uh, he shouldn't be in there. And then Vic Joseph is the one who started breaking the fourth wall. And he's like, really? You're going to go ahead and say that? I remember y- you and a certain fella acting as security guards a uh, a while back, uh, getting beat down by DX. And then oh, after really? that, I saw I saw the video surface on the internet of DX beating up Sheamus and, uh, and Wade Barrett as security guards. Uh, and to which Wade Barrett had to, had to like backtrack after that and being, and he was like, well, you know, sometimes like certain developmental talent, they, uh, they have to act as security guards. They they have to do their part in the company, in the business and be secure, like act as security to, uh, to, to do their part while, while they're being trained as wrestlers. But this guy, you know, this guy's like probably a total no one and he'll never make it as a wrestler. Uh, <laughs> well, I, a pretty, wonder, I wonder what's going to happen with Hank Walker. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty funny. And, and seeing the clip of, of Wade and, and Seamus as security guards was on the internet afterwards was pretty funny. Well, yeah. And then also there was a, an exclusive, uh, like WWE exclusive video that they put out on YouTube and stuff. Uh, Shawn Michaels, like later that night, offered Hank Walker an NXT contract. So now he is a wrestler. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. But yeah, that, that, that break in the fourth wall just like it, it, just, it was made me smile through the entire thing yeah. of Wade Barrett saying that and Vic Joseph slapping him in the face. It felt like he was legitimately slapped in the face by Vic Joseph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wade, Wade clearly didn't know what to say. He's just fucking broke. Kayfabe. Oh, my God. Um, so 
Let's get to the biggest news out of NXT, and it has nothing to do with anything. Well, sort of something that happened had to do with something that happened on the show. But um, it appears the 2.0 portion of NXT is over. We're moving back towards a black and gold type NXT, which I fucking love. They're not going back to the OG logo, but they're basically taking the current nxt logo removing 2.0 from it and making it black and gold yeah and, and very very white in the middle of those letters but. yeah and takeover the the word takeover might be on its way back i don't know that'd be cool i'd like it that would be super cool uh halloween havoc is their next show or their next uh premium live event so oh is that is that a ple this year I don't know if it's going to be on Tuesday or like a Saturday. Honestly, I really don't know. But Halloween is on a Monday, so it could either happen on Sunday or Tuesday and still be within one day of Halloween. That's true. Um, but I, I think it'd be better if it were on a Sunday. because then oh, it would, it would be I think it would be even better if it were on a Saturday so I could get absolutely annihilated <laughs> while I watch it. Yeah, a takeover style event would be fucking dope. Sean's been crushing it. Yeah, he really has. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to like where they're going to go with this. Uh, obviously like the black and gold brand, like all the people who are their OG black and gold brand, everyone's gone except for Roderick strong, who got the shit beat out of him by Damon Kemp a few weeks ago anyway. So like it is basically like a fresh start again. Uh, kind of weird to do a year after we started 2.0, but like I said earlier, like Triple H, he is taking some things and basically spitting in the face of Vince McMahon and being like, your ideas are fucking stupid. I'm going back to my ideas because they're better. Yeah, which I applaud that. I, I do as well. It's just, I think some things like the, the Austin Theory thing, I don't think he's going to change just because like, I just but, I just don't know why he would. So so maybe maybe he well Austin Theory is also one of his guys. So yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I just don't see him as WWE or Universal Champion. Like I don't see him as the the proper. I don't think his character works for it right now. I think he he's got to spend more time. He's no Randy Orton. I'll say that. Yeah, that's fair. If he if he well. If he does end up being like Randy Orton, Orton didn't cash in uh, for his first world championship, but um, he used to be the youngest world champion of all time. Isn't he still? He might be. Honestly, can't remember. You're probably, you're probably right. He, But I think they're moving towards Austin Theory doing that. Um. But if if he's anything like Randy Orton in that aspect, then his title reign is not going to be that long. Dude, you just reminded me because uh, we were talking about Randy Orton. Uh, I saw a tweet from Sean Rassap. Yeah, so do I. But I saw a tweet from Sean Rassap this week that said that Cowboy Bob Orton has competed in like four matches this year alone 
What? I had no idea that Cowboy Bob Orton was active. He's old I as mean, shit. We don't watch anything other than WWE and AEW. Well, yeah, it hasn't it's got to be either of those things. It's got to be like extreme indie scene, like what Gangrel does. Yeah, I, I that surprises the shit out of me, honestly. Like, could it possibly be false? I don't know. I I don't. Well, that was a joke. Sean Ross tweeted it. It's obviously true. So I don't know. I guess good for Cowboy Bob Horton for yeah. continuing to be uh, physically fit enough to wrestle in a wrestling ring. I don't know. Uh, let's move on to the last little bit here. Dynamite. Uh, we had the semifinal matches uh, for the AEW <clears throat> World Championship Tournament of Champions, whatever the fuck tournament. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, but some other some other big things that happened here. We had a, a very good match for the tag titles uh, between Swerve and Our Glory and Lucha Bros. Um, the Swerve and Our Glory wins, though, because we, we really already had Swerve and Our Glory versus the Acclaimed set up for next week, uh, where I really hope the Acclaimed win. But we will see. We also got cut short of a wrap again. Uh, but this time the acclaim did it. I don't know. Um, we had Stokely Hathaway and the firm introduced. So they're called the firm. Well, I guess we'll have to um, have to email Chad in 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 hell to see what he thinks about the firm. But Stokely Hathaway, uh, we were texting last night. Great promo. Um, somehow only thirty one years old. Joe pointed out to me. <laughs> pointed out to me uh i did not know that yeah like 45 at a minimum for me yeah yeah, that that would have been some like around what i would have thought as well um and then uh there was one thing i wanted to talk about before we get to the AEW title picture here um powerhouse hobbs joe he had a promo um ricky starks also came out after the fact but powerhouse Hobbs kind of talking about what's next in the book of Hobbs. Like, I think he's going to finish off this Ricky Starks feud. Um, but what would you like to see next for the book of Hobbs here in powerhouse Hobbs? Cause I've got something on my mind that I would love to see. I've got no fantasy booking for Hobbs right now. So I'll let you go off. Not necessarily a fantasy booking, just like a feud. I want really bad. I don't know okay. why. Uh, maybe it's my inner Vince McMahon, but Give me a full gear match for the TNT championship with powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow. How fucking awesome would that be? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Thank you. It, 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 do, it doesn't like get my juices going. Like I said, it, it's like my inner Vince McMahon coming out of me. Like it's two big sweaty men just duking it out, being big and sweaty in the ring. Like, um, I don't know for me, like, it's got a lot of intrigue to it for me. I don't know. That's okay. kind of what I want to see powerhouse Hobbs doing here in the future, especially if he's going to go over on Ricky Starks here in this feud. Uh, he's got to be moving towards like the title picture here. I know he's in the top five. I think he's ranked number two, possibly one. I don't remember, but um, I don't know to see. Uh, and then the AEW championship picture, Joe. So we had Sammy Guevara, versus John Moxley and we had Danielson versus Jericho this week. 
And yeah. What are you looking at? There's noises outside my house. Leslie's not there. That's outside. That, that, no, that, that's, that's your normal, like, Leslie's talking to you while you're in the middle of a sentence. The noises are coming from outside the house, Joe. No, I understand that, but that's what it looked like. Shut up. Stupid. <laughs> so we had Sammy Guevara versus John Moxley in one semifinal match. Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson in the other one. Moxley goes over Jericho. Danielson goes over... Sorry, Moxley goes over Guevara. Danielson goes over Jericho. So big night for the BBC, bad night for the Jazz. Uh, and we have Danielson versus Moxley next week for the AEW World Championship. And dude, can I tell you, there was one spot where I was legitimately concerned that Sammy Guevara was going to win the match. It was when Anna Jade distracted the referee. So, yes. And dude, Tay Mello. Yes comes up on the other side and and kicks John Moxley in the balls. I was like, "Oh my god, John Moxley is going to lose a match to Sammy Guevara." No, not a chance, dude. I was right? I, I, but I was right there with you though. I was legitimately scared. I was like, "Oh shit. Do not want to see this right now." Uh there were a lot of people online leading up to that like or like from last Thursday to uh Wednesday this week just I saw a few pictures of the AEW World Championship um photoshopped onto Sammy Guevara's body was sounds terrible kind of weird a, a year ago I actually would have probably enjoyed seeing that but Sammy Guevara like the forced face Sammy Guevara like just ruined his entire character for me and then he aligned with the jazz and I'm like yeah I mean yeah now he's a heel that you fucking yeah hate, so it's working but 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 that the it's that it's that Natalia thing again. Yeah. It's the cringy character, you know, it's the cringy, cringy deal. It's, like I'm gonna choke cringy. you out and I'm gonna choke you out and I'm it gonna is, choke you out. It is very cringy, but Sammy Guevara is so good in the ring that like I he is I, I pay attention to everything he does because he's he's just that good in the ring. Doesn't matter the character for me. Yeah, well, so basically what I was getting at is I would not like to see the AEW championship on him right now. Oh, definitely not. If um, he can if he can make a resurgence, then sure. But, you know, they, they got to lay off the, the Tay Conti, Tay Mello, Tay Nara Conti. That yeah, was her NXT name. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Tay Nara lay... Mello, I thought. No, it, it was Tay Nara Conti. Conti. Yeah. Uh they got to lay off that a little bit and just let him be his own person. Cause the couple in wrestling has always bothered me. Hmm. Um, speaking of couples, Renee clapped back at Ty kicking John Moxley in the balls. I don't remember exactly what she said, but she clapped back at him at her. Um, so we'll be seeing Renee Paquette in the ring soon, I guess. <laughs> I think they tried that and it just didn't work. No, I don't think no. Um, then on the other side, Jericho and Danielson was an excellent match, just like their match. Uh, just a great wrestling match, just like their match at All Out. Uh, Danielson finally beating Chris Jericho uh, for apparently the first time in his career. Uh, I'm not going to check the stats on that. I'm just going to believe the announcers. 
Well, uh, if you think about if you think about the time that that Danielson was away from the ring and when Jericho came back to wrestling full time in WWE, it makes sense. Sure. Yeah. But Danielson ends up winning. And now we have Mox versus Danielson next week at Grand Slam. Give me a prediction for next week, Joe. Danielson. Yep, I agree. It has to be Danielson. If it's if it's not Danielson, we riot. Well, I don't know if we riot. I I kind of just I more feel for John Moxley, who apparently had like a six week vacation planned and got it canceled on him because of the media scrum stuff. Yeah, he was supposed to go fishing or something. I don't know what he was going to I'm not going to get into the details of everything, but I mean, getting a vacation canceled, I mean. I'd be pissed. Couldn't, could not imagine. Could not imagine. If you got a call tomorrow or, or if you went in tomorrow and they said, hey, we need you to stay, you'd be pissed. I would tell them. I would show them the piece of paper that says I'm allowed to have to be on vacation next week and tell them to go fuck themselves and <laughs> then show up back, on Monday, come back the <laughs> following Monday. when I'm supposed to come back. No, I would take my vacation. You damn right. <laughs> All right. So we're both on Danielson. We'll see what happens next week. We have grand slam next week. Um, <clears throat> other stuff next week uh and the move towards back towards black and gold nxt we'll see ron smackdown have been pretty damn good lately uh we'll see if solo sokoa shows up on one of the shows with the nxt north american championship um we did have toxic attraction on smackdown this week let's see if we have any more nxt people showing up on the main roster just like randomly uh, a couple good matches i saw planned on raw i don't know what smackdown i was playing this week but i'm sure it's not going to be terrible just just because of recent like how everything's been going on the main roster um and then next week uh like basically just alluded to uh i'm going on vacation uh joe is going to be actually moving next week so he's having a hell of a busy week next week so uh no retro pay-per-view next week we're just going to be going over the weekly recap going to be a shorter show next week and we'll have the retro pay-per-views returning the week after uh, the week after with Survivor Series 1999, which is the next one up. And then uh, after that, we'll be doing uh, Extreme Rules stuff, predictions and beer ratings the week after that. So a couple, the next few weeks going to be pretty good. Next week going to be a lighter week because the reasons I just said. Um. But yeah, that's all we got for this week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DDT Russell Pod. We have been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan and Joe. And we'll catch you on down the road. I was thinking.